0: Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Ryan
1: Zook, and I'm Aaron McMahon.
0: On today's episode, we are discussing a defensive back unexpectedly leaving the team for the 2021 season. Plus, fall camp is here, and we had our first in-person availability of the season The coordinators Josh Gattis and Mike McDonald on Thursday. Aaron, what is this? Two pods in one week, and got to see each other in person twice yesterday. So it was, it was nice. <laughs> Uh, got uh, some football stuff to talk about here and some interesting comments from, from both coordinators at the first in person availability in uh, what, 18 months?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's something. I was, yeah, it was like the first time I'd been in, and I, probably you, first time we'd been in Schimbeckler Hall since December of 2019, because obviously media events haven't been held in person since. We've been doing everything virtually, obviously, over over Zoom, but it was nice to be back. Yeah, first time since December 2019, it was like the lead up to the Citrus Bowl. So it was weird going back in there. And obviously, like the players and the coaches are, that's, you know, that's where they go every day. But like, it was cool to get back. I mean, you know, football is here. Yeah, it's two podcasts in one week. We'll probably start ramping it up here as things get going. But we actually, we have some stuff to discuss. And I thought it was some pretty interesting comments from Josh Gaddis and Mike McDonald yesterday.
0: Yeah, I mean, let, let's start off with, with the offense. I mean, what stood out to you and what was the, your biggest takeaway from, from what Josh Jadis had to say?
1: Uh, yeah, so we talked to Gaz for, gosh, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes. There were, there were a couple of things that stood out to me and I will probably, we'll start with this and uh, I want to hear your take on this too. But, you know, Josh almost sounded like a coordinator who's starting to get more help. We haven't been able to get like clear how this, is, this whole dynamic is going to work. But what we do know is that Sharon Moore, who was moved from, from tight ends coach to offensive line coach, now has the co offensive coordinator title, and he's going to be helping Gaddis in some capacity. Now, Gaddis, we asked Gaddis about that, how that was going to work. He didn't really give a straight answer, but he made sure to point out that there, there, there is a lot of collaboration among the, the offensive coaches in the game plan and the X's and O's and the schemes. Now, I don't necessarily know that that response hasn't really changed much. I mean, we've heard that before from Gaddis and other, other coaches, but the fact that they've promoted sure more to co-oc signals to me that I think you're going to see a lot of more, you know, cooks in the kitchen this year, whether that ends up being a good thing or not remains to be seen. We've seen that kind of backfire on Michigan in the past, but you know, it's, it's, we're entering year three now with Gaddis's OC. The offense hasn't really gotten going now. I don't know if that's necessarily his fault or he deserves all that blame because like when he came in here, you know, they, they were a experienced, well-oiled machine offensively and it took them half the season to get going. And then you go ahead like last year with COVID and like a uh, six-game season and instability at quarterback. This year is going to be different. I think this is really a put-up or shut-up year for Josh Gaddis. Now, I know he was just extended from a contract perspective, but like I think that was more for recruiting than anything. But I think Josh is going to get more more help, more input this year. And I don't know whether he's going to be solely the only guy calling plays. But you know, it sounds like they're they're putting more people around him. He mentioned, you know, Matt Weiss, new quarterbacks coach. He mentioned Jay Harbaugh having input, obviously.
0: I say Mike Hart.
1: Yep, Mike Hart too. Yeah. Yep, he complimented Mike Hart. But you know, he mentioned this this line a couple of times about collecting ideas from everyone. And Josh made a point of pointing out, like last year when he, he was asked about the running backs, and he said, "Well, I felt like we didn't. I didn't like." call enough running plays and look when you look at their games michigan fell behind quite a bit and, and i think they felt the need to throw the ball a lot more but from a you know a per carry perspective per rush average michigan was in like the top half of the big 10 uh, so they weren't productive from that perspective but they just didn't run the ball a ton and he he made a point of saying you know when he looked back went back and looked at the tape and his assessed himself as a, as a play caller and offensive coordinator he felt like he didn't do enough good uh, good enough job for with that. So I'd expect more carries this year. It's, it seems like Josh, like I said, it almost seems like Jim Harbaugh is giving starting to give him more help. I don't know if it's going to work, but I thought it was, it was fascinating to hear, you know, the words come out of his mouth.
0: Yeah, it was interesting when I think someone asked a question and kind of hinted at like, like, yeah, your offense. And then he's like, no, this, this is our offense. (laughs) Like I've never used the term mine or anything like that. And it's like all about shaping this offense that best fits their, their needs and, and getting input from, from the rest of the coaching staff too. So, I mean, again, I don't know how much that's going to lead to scheme changes or expansion of the playbook or anything like that, but it would be interesting to kind of be a fly on the wall in, in that offensive room right now to see, you know, how, how, how things are, are changing there.
1: I'm glad you brought up that point because I can remember last year and even his, the first year when Josh came in, he was very sensitive and very adamant that he was going to be the play caller that he, this was his offense. And because, you know, before that there was always this uncertainty or unknown about like, the influence Jim Harbaugh had in the offense, yes, he had offensive coordinators. Yes, he had folks come in and kind of you know call plays. There was a point where like there were three different people calling plays, and Jim had final say. But when Josh came in, that was the big thing that it was going to be his way, his scheme, his his ideas. And now that you know he's asked about it, you know yesterday, and he says, "Well, this isn't my offenses are all." our entire offense. So like that, again, that signals to me that, that things have changed now. Yeah, you're right. I don't know how, how much X's and O's is going to change. I do think there might be some areas where they, they realize that, you know, they need to revert or do things differently, but I, I just thought it was a fascinating kind of conversation yesterday with, with him. You know, he almost seemed more, he had more humility. And I'm not saying Josh is a, a braggadocious guy, but I remember when he, he first came into to Michigan and we first spoke to him, he was very confident you could tell that he had this aura about him that he was ready to come in and prove people wrong. And now that he's had a couple of years, you know, to mold this offense and develop it. And it's not, obviously it's not where anyone wants it to be. You know, he's, he realizes that, you know, things need to change and, or he needs help. No, oh,
0: yeah. Very, very good points there. And yeah, I mean, he, he talked about a, a bunch of both coordinators talked about, about a bunch of individual players throughout the, the press conferences, but what I kind of, the one guy that really stood out to me and was Zach Sinner in, and Josh Jettis almost saying that Zach could potentially be their best offensive player this season, which is uh, to me was shocking considering he only played in a, a couple games last year before didn't hurt um, as a true freshman. But I, I had that, uh, suffered that injury and missed the last game or two. But yeah, to single out a sophomore who has very limited playing experiences, is, is the potential to be the best player on that side of the ball was a little bit surprising and just speaks to how highly they, they think of Zinter. I mean, there's there's a lot of experience on that line. You know, like Ryan Hayes, you have Andrew Stuber, guys that have started a lot of games on the offensive line. And to say that Zach could be your, at least the best lineman is uh, pretty high praise for, for the young guy.
1: Yeah, I, I was blown away by those comments too. I mean, he called him a special player. It almost sounds like Michigan is going to tailor its offensive line around him because um, mm-hmm. they believe he can play center. He can play right guard. Um, he's very versatile, and it sounds like they're going to use him in both spots. And depending on where they put him, I think it's how their offensive line is going to play. You know, we talked about it earlier this week, but they're they're rolling with their five best offensive linemen. Well, Zinder's already one of those three. I mean, he's already been named a starter. He's already you know locked up a a spot so to speak. It's just a matter of where they want to put him, and I think they believe he can play both spots. But you know, the way Josh talked about it, it it's it almost sounded like they're gonna they're gonna play. Uh, certain five guys, depending on, you know, the personnel and the defense are going up against and the team they're playing and what they want to run. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see some different combos in there, you know, during the year. But one of the few constants I think we're going to see is, you know, Ryan Hayes at left tackle. Um, You're going to see Andrew Stuber there on the right side at some point, whether it's right guard or tackle. And then you got Zinter who, they believe can be very, very good, which, you know, you don't hear this type of praise often. Yes. These coaches talk, you know, positive of all their players and the like, but for Gaddis to make that leap and say he could be one of our best offensive players is, you know, pretty, pretty telling. I mean, it reminds me almost of like Caesar Reese. I remember when Ruiz came in here and that he was a five-star guy and they loved his ability and they thought his ceiling was really high. And by the, by the end of it, they felt like he was one of their smarter and better players on the off, you know, the offense, especially the offensive line. So in that mold, they probably want their smartest and best offensive lineman, you know, at center. So it would not surprise me if you see him there quite a bit, but yeah, I was blown away by those comments. It's clear to me that they really like what they have there. You're right. And you're right. He's played a little bit, but he hasn't, you know, he hasn't played a ton. He basically won full season, if not even. And the fact that they they like what they see already is is certainly a good sign. Yeah.
0: And I know we, we talked about this last podcast and a lot throughout the preseason, but uh, you, you really like this offensive line unit this year and, and, Josh has kind of reiterated that, that that is probably their, their biggest strength right now on, on offense. And they, he said that there's eight guys fighting for those five spots. And, I mean, a lot more depth at that position this year than, than last year. So you don't have to get into it too much, as we talked a lot about it on our last podcast. But, yeah, I mean, it's looking like, I mean, the offenses are going to run through that offensive line. So if they can get us a lot of production up front. Buy some more time for the quarterbacks this year. Open up a few more holes for for these explosive running backs, and and you could see an uptick in production from Michigan.
1: You nailed it. I mean, if they're stable, they're healthy, and they're they, like they're present, like they'll be able to do a lot of things with this offensive line. They'll they'll be able to get the they'll be able to throw the ball. Um, they'll be able, like you said they'll be able to you know if they get some holes. They can run the ball efficiently. Yeah, if their offensive line stays healthy. You know, like I said, I, you know, we went into this ad nauseum earlier this week, but they could certainly be, I think, a top three or top four offensive line in the Big Ten, and I think that would do wonders for, for this offense.
0: And, and fans out there, if, if there are any, we hope not, but if there are any injuries this preseason, you can blame it on Aaron for asking about. <laughs> the last question for Gaddis. is, that, are there any serious injuries that you guys have right now? And, of course, Gaddis knocks on some wood here and says, thankfully, no, not, not right now. So, yeah, hopefully that, that continues to be the case. But yeah, it looks like Michigan's pretty healthy going into, into fall. And one more thing too, I, I'm sure fans are, will be interested in this is it uh, sounds like Donovan Edwards is going get, to get some uh, some playing time as a true freshman. We don't know how much, but Gattis did say that he will be on the field week one in some capacity. So, I mean, obviously Hassan Hastings and, and Blake Corum are going to probably carry most of the load here, but um, it will be interesting to see what type of role Donovan Edwards can carve out as a true freshman. Obviously, a uh, a borderline five-star talent who uh, to really be a game changer in this offense. Once he, once he gets comfortable and adjusted to the, to the college level.
1: Yeah. You know, Jim has already said it's, it's one in one with Haskins and, and Corum, And I, I suspect they're going to get a bulk of the carries, but like we've talked about, you know, Edwards does so many things and they like his ability and he's a true freshman. Like that, you're, that's the thing too, with the transfer portal and, you know, one-time transfer and all this stuff, you're going to, st- and we've started seeing it already, but you're going to start seeing more and more of these, you know, these talented freshmen just get opportunities and get thrown in the game just because, you know, the, the coaches don't want to alienate them. They want to get them involved And in Donovan's case. He's talented and he can do a lot of things. I mean, he can catch passes out of the backfield. He can, you know, he can do, make all the runs. He could be a very special player in the future. Um, I, I just don't think Michigan wants to get in the situation, you know, like last year, where they're you know divvying up carries to three and four guys consistently. I don't think that benefits anyone. Yeah, I think they'll get him involved early. I think they'll see what they have. And remember the new rule where guys can play up to four games, and not red shirts. I think that that'll benefit him a ton. They can kind of throw him in into the fire early in the non-conference schedule. See what they have. And then kind of adjust from there. But yeah, I, I like what they have. And we can get into this too. Like Gattis brought up just like offensive philosophy. He was talking about PP or yeah, PSP. PSP. Yeah. yeah, physicality, sm- smartness, and, and precision. It's kind of like the identity he wants their offense to be, which I thought was interesting because a couple of years ago when he first came here, we all, all we talked about was speed and space and how <laughs> he wanted to like put defenses in conflict, I think was his, it was his, sense, his statement. And now it, it's altered a little bit. It makes you wonder if they're going to start referring back to some of the principles that Jim Harbaugh like eschewed when he first got here offensively. And and that goes back to my original theory that perhaps maybe this isn't entirely Josh Gaddis's offense anymore. Again, we don't we don't know that at this point. No one's come out and said that. I don't think they would, but you know, things I think things are changing offensively for Michigan and they're gonna try some different things.
0: Yeah, that PSP approach has Jim Harbaugh ran all over it for sure.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Anything else on the offensive offensive side of the ball before before we move on?
1: You know, Gaddis's comments about Alan Bowman, the new graduate transfer, you know, quarterback from Texas Tech were interesting. I, I think it sounds like he's acclimated pretty quickly and he's he's turned into like one of those leaders in the room. It's clear that I think to them that you know he's obviously done this before, so he knows how to handle himself as a quarterback. And I think that that goes a long way in instilling confidence and in being confident who you throw into the game. So they, they clearly like what they have. He likes what they have in Dalen Baldwin, the new graduate transfer receiver from Jackson state. I'm just curious to see what type of roles these guys have. Obviously Baldwin, I think it's more of an opportunity, you know, to see the field and perhaps Bowman, depending on how Cade McNamara plays, but like, you know, what happens here? And that's, and that's going to be key here in the next couple of weeks. If, if Bowman can make some progress and show that he can handle everything and it's thrown at him, he might be able to challenge Cade for the starting job. We'll see. I'll, I'll Signs point to him, you know, Cade getting this, you know, the first team reps week one against Western Michigan, but, you know, never say never in these situations.
0: And moving on to to Mike McDonald, and yeah, this was the first time we were able to meet with him in, in person and uh, definitely seems like a, a no-nonsense guy and very serious, takes everything very seriously, but uh, I enjoyed his press conference. I mean, he had a f- lines in there, funny lines, and uh, but you also got the sense, like some guys kind of come off as like being a, a hard ass, but uh, I mean, behind the scenes, you don't always buy it as a reporter, but this guy definitely seems like, I mean, if, if you're a player that they could for sure would buy into kind of what he's preaching. And he talks a lot about culture and, and a lot of his philosophy on defense. It's like, all right, I can, I can understand why Jim made, made the move he did to, to bring him on board.
1: You know, I remember when when Mike was first hired and I was talking to people, you know, from his past and from his coaching past and the like, and everyone told me that he was a smart dude, that like he can identify things that other folks don't realize. And he's very personable. And I think we saw that kind of shine through yesterday and we've seen it, you know, in the past We this wasn't the first time we've talked to him, but, you know, it's clear that he he understands the magnitude of his job. You know, he's he's obviously never been a coordinator at the college a little before, so this is obviously the first time, but I think he realizes everything that needs to go into this from a preparation standpoint. He had actually, I thought, a very interesting response, you know, when he was asked about culture and the like, and he said, you know, coaching, you know, a certain player, X player is different than coaching another player. So like he he coaches Aiden Hutchinson differently than he would coach a just bait. And I think that was very profound. You know, he's not treating all these players the same. You know, they've all obviously got different skill sets and experience levels and the like. And he's got to be able to win all of them over to get them to buy into what he's trying to sell them. As for what he's trying to sell them, that obviously remains kind of a mystery. But we're, we're beginning to see the shape of his defense kind of take place here. You know, we know it's going to be a mix of kind of what they did at George under Todd Grantham, what they did in Baltimore where they heavily utilized linebackers and they like to pressure the quarterback. And then I think they're still going to instill some of those principles of, you know, getting the quarterback and pressuring um, that, that Jim Harbaugh likes to do. And he's hired, you know, coordinators for it's going to be interesting. You know, we we like we've talked about in the past, how they're going to use Aiden Hutchinson differently but as we've said, also they're thin in certain areas. So there's a lot of work to be done. Mike acknowledged that, and I don't anticipate them being perfect. They're probably going to be slow out of the gate. But from everything that's being said and done, Mike seems to get it. It's I think it's going to be a matter of how long this takes, this whole process of getting getting everything in line.
0: And another another thing from from his comments, it sounds like the the Mozzie Smith hype train is uh, continuing to roll on here heading into camp. Said that there's a lot of expectations on him this year. Obviously, hasn't played much his first couple of years in Ann Arbor, but uh, a former high four star prospect and it looks like he might be uh in the mix here to to get some serious playing time at the Nois defensive tackle position.
1: Yeah, and Mozzie fits that position to a T. I mean I remember going to watch him at the Under Armour All American game a few years back and when he was in high school still down in Florida. And like I watched him, you know, during a practice who like pick a guy up with one arm and like rock bottom him like to the floor. It was, it was amazing. So the kid has size. He's powerful. Now I think they just needed to fine tune some things from his, from a, from his physique standpoint, but also like get him to learn how to play within the defense and not necessarily have to be that, that power guy all the time. He's had a year in the program now. I think he understands what, what is expected of him. He's learned the defense and I think he, he, he's certainly gonna get more playing time. I don't necessarily know he's going to start right out of the bat. But I think in those like three, you know, five or three, four looks, you're gonna see Mozzie Smith quite a bit. And I think that's gonna be crucial for his development. Cause look, he's got to get in there and play in, in real time. I mean, he's played it, it at times in games, like late in games and things, but against you know, top-level talent in the Big Ten, uh, we're really gonna see what he's made of. But yeah, they like what they have there as we talked about earlier this week. I, I think they're a lot deeper there in the defensive tackle spots than they have in the past. Donovan Jeter, interestingly, is a name that really hasn't come up much and obviously hasn't really been asked about it, but the coaches haven't talked about him much either, so I'm curious to see where he falls in this. I think we all know Chris Hinton's going to start, I don't think there's a you know a doubt there. But what happens with that second tackle spot, whether it's Sheer, whether it's Mozzie, and how that alignment looks, is going to be fascinating to me
0: very much so. Very much so. And I, I don't know about you, but listening to uh to McDonald speak yesterday, talking about the, the quarter, quarterback battle for that second starting corner spot, and it, it definitely sounds like DJ Turner has, has uh, risen above. Vincent Gray is that is that second corner? Obviously, a lot. I mean, fall camps just starting today, but definitely sounds like Michigan's pretty high on on DJ Turner, and he's kind of in the driver's seat for that second, second starting spot as of right now.
1: Yeah, you start you wonder what happened with Vincent Gray. I don't know if he's falling off, if the confidence is shot, like what happened there? Because last, this time last year, I mean, Jim Harbaugh and Mike Zorich were all saying like he was their number one cornerback. He was their best guy on the roster, he was what they had available. You can joke about that all you want, but that's—I mean—they said that multiple times. Like yeah. they basically said it because I—I I think they wanted to get the point across that they had no other options. Like that's what they had to roll with. So, like I don't know what happened here in the off-season. Maybe, maybe DJ Turner has made made a huge leap, but the fact that they, he's basically one A and one B, and they're they're right there pushing each other, signals to me that DJ Turner may be the other starting corner this this fall. You know, as we talked about, they got a lot of depth there. I mean, they got other guys they can throw in there, but. Just not a ton of experience, and neither with DJ. So, it's going to be an interesting decision. You know, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't be surprised if they go with, you know, a Nickel quite a bit this this year. You know, at times just to like hide some of the deficiencies at corner, especially if Turner isn't playing very well. But uh, we'll see. That's one of the the I think key camp battles I'm paying attention to is what happens at that second corner spot because, from a defensive perspective, almost everything's been figured out. We kind of have an idea who the starters are. Now, we may not have it, you know, not so much about the depth chart, um, but we can we'll get that as we go on. But the one unlike mystery is that second corner spot. Jamon Green sounds like he's got locked up, but what happens between DJ Turner and Vincent Gray, I think, is gonna be uh gonna be headline at some point.
0: For sure, for sure. I mean that that's basically what, what stood out to me from from the press conferences, but anything else that you'd like to talk about here before we wrap up?
1: No, I, I thought they nailed everything. I mean, everything that was needed to be asked, I thought was asked. I mean, you know, when we talked to them Thursday, camp had not even started yet. So, like right. you know, they still really hadn't seen the guys, you know, on the field. They haven't really had time to adjust or change anything. So I think we'll get a better idea where things stand in a couple of weeks. We'll probably talk to Jim Harbaugh at some point. At that point, we'll have a better idea of maybe, you know, who's who's locked down starting roles, maybe where these some of these position battles are going. But until then, I know we will be talking to players here. I think next week, we'll get more assistant coaches. The one, the one assistant we have not talked to in a while that I'm really eager to talk to is Sherron Moore. Obviously, you know, he's been around a while, but he's changed roles. He's been elevated to that co-C job that I, that we talked about earlier. And he's taken over this offensive line that I thought didn't necessarily need a new coach. But you know, at the same token, it's it's a and we talked about, it. I mean, it's an experienced group. It's a group that can be very good. And I'm curious to hear, his, to hear his philosophy and his take on some of these position battles that we're talking about and Zach Zinter. I mean, it's, it's Zinter's, you know, we talked about with Gaddis, he's really high on him. It sounds like the other coaches are too. What he sees out of him that that is, you know, surprising them or even, you know, confirming their suspicions.
0: Before we go here, do you want to plug our big kickoff event here later this month before we, before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, let's, yeah, I'll do that. For those of you that listened to this week, you know, I'm just going to reiterate or didn't listen earlier this week. We've got a big Michigan kind of college football season kickoff event specifically for Michigan football. Um, we're going to do it Thursday night, August 26th. Uh, it's going to be myself, Ryan and Andrew Kahn, uh, who's been off on vacation the last couple of weeks. We'll, we'll be back soon. Um, it's going to become a, a, a social event, uh, starts at six 30. It's a free event to join. Just go to um, my best recommendation for those of you that wanted to want to go. You have to sign up for tickets. Like I said, it's a free event, but they want to know there's a cap on the number of people that can go to this thing. So they need to know folks who are interested in going, just go to mlive.com Wolverines our Wolverines page. And there's banner ads on the side of the screen. Just click on it. It'll send you the page You can sign up. There's an exclusive VIP event as well. Before that event starts at 630, you can sign up for it. Again, the list for it. Jake Rudock is going to be there. J.U. Chesson is going to be there. We're, going to t- we're all going to talk football. We'll take questions. We'll discuss the season opener against Western Michigan. We'll discuss the Michigan football team. Anything you a want to talk A little trivia. About, we'll do a little trivia. I think they're giving out prizes and stuff. But like I said, it's all free. You just got to go to reserve your spot. Go to MLive.com slash Wolverines. Click on the banner page. All the details are there.
0: Well, that does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again soon.